Bienvenidos al Mestizo Podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. On this podcast, we explore the complicated challenges of being part of, serving in, and growing a migrant church in the siglo XXI. As first-generation immigrants age out of their leadership and the Mestizo Church transitions to the second and third generation, how does the migrant church continue to thrive? What should a migrant church look like today? These questions and more what we explore together with your host, Emmanuel Padilla, y la doctora Elizabeth Conde-Fraser. Your hosts are Puerto Rican, so you're going to hear some Spanglish de vez en cuando here on the Mestizo Podcast. It's part of who we are. On this episode, we switch things up, sitting down with two-time Dev Award winner, Du Premios Musica Urbana winner, and co-owner of No Apologies Music, Jacob Kardec, known as Kardec Drums. We sit down with Kardec to discuss his vision of bridging the English-speaking hip-hop world con la música cristiana urbana. He shares his earliest experiences con la Iglesia Latina, how he manages the tension of being between worlds, and the future of No Apologies Music. So sientas en casa, make yourself at home, and let's get started. Familia, saludos. Kardec, what's going on, brother? How's it going, man? I'm doing well. Yeah. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm good. We're uh, here looking at some fall colors coming in finally. I know. Our brother's in Florida. He doesn't know about that. Oh, uh, he's deprived. Yeah. It's all, it's hot and cold. That's it. It's, it's eight months of hot, two months of cold. That's all we got. That's it. You, you, you're up in Tampa area, right? I'm a little north. I'm two hours north. I'm in Gainesville. So we have some seasons. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's either hot or cold. That's it. That's all we got. Either hot or cold. I lived in, for nine years, I lived in Kissimmee, Florida. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I'm familiar with the Florida environment. I'm so honestly. Just, and Kissimmee is just straight hot. That's just straight hot. It's just straight hot. <laughs> it's just straight hot. <laughs> Here's the thing though. I, I'm not going to lie to you. As the fall comes in in Chicago, I get that the fall colors are pretty like Elizabeth mentioned. Pero a mí no me gusta el aire seco. I can't stand yeah. that dry air. And so I'd be waking up in the morning with that dry throat and I'd be sick of that stuff. So I'd be missing Florida around this season. Cuando yeah. la cosa se pone bien seca. <laughs> oh man, I miss it. I miss it. But let me uh, welcome everyone who's new to the show. Let me welcome you to a mixed space, a space where we live in the hyphen, ni de aquí, ni de allá, as we like to say. We're excited you're joining us. In case you've missed it, check out some of our conversations from earlier in the second season. Te recomiendo el episodio con Daniel Rodríguez. Uh, I recommend the episode with Daniel Rodríguez where we talk about el futuro de la Iglesia Latina, future for the Latina church. I also recommend that you check out our episode with Sandra Maria Van Opstel, who joined us to discuss decentering whiteness in multicultural congregations. Those two episodes in particular were excellent, and I think they're a support for those of you that are feeling between spaces, between worlds. You can also now support the work we're doing on a regular basis. You can go to world.spoken.com slash give now. If you scroll down, you'll see that there are some membership communities. We have three communities you can join, each having certain benefits, certain privileges. You get access to webinars that we're going to be doing later this spring, private additional conversations, those kinds of things. So you can choose to support our podcast by joining the, the podcast support community. And like I said, you get access to some of those additional things that we'll be doing. And you get to help us expand what we're doing here with the Mestizo podcast. Today, like we said in the intro, we're talking to our brother, Cardic Drums, who is a two-time Dove Award winner. Our brother has, has reached the top of excellence on that, uh, in that regard and has been recognized as such. He's been a producer, A&R, 
for music, including the most recent album, uh, Spanish language album from Reach Records, Sin Vergüenza. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But we want to start by talking about his church experience. Now, I know you're a drummer uh, by, by trade, by, by profession, vocation, maybe we might say, brother. I just want to know about your earliest church experiences, your earliest musical ministry experiences within the church. Did they start as drumming? Yeah, uh, man, I think all I can remember, I feel like I was born into the church, like since day one, uh, like I was just your traditional Pentecostal kid, you know, since day one in the church, always. Every day. Every day of the week, Sunday, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, you know. Behili on Fridays. <laughs> yeah, behili, yeah, all of that. Um, and yeah, and so like my my father, he's a percussionist. Um, and so I was always hanging out with the musicians, and the musicians at their church were all professional musicians. They either played with like these big salsa artists or big Christian artists, or or they were just jazz um musicians pretty much all of them were that right um and so they were very very blunt very strict very like hey if you don't got it get off the drums or get off your instrument we'll get someone else um and so uh that always just stuck with me um into being a musician um but of always excellence. yeah of excellence always reaching like if it doesn't reach the standard i'm sorry we love you but try next week or get better, you know? So it wasn't yeah. like those Pentecostal churches where it was, you know, it could be chaos because it hermano tiene una cara. No, no, it was, no, it was like, if a viejita brought a, brought a tamarind, they would take the tamarind away from her. Oh, wow. Very different. Yeah. yeah it's like, hey, señora, okay, Dios te bendiga. And then they would like take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, pero, but that taught me a lot, you know, um, of just reaching for excellence and they're, taught me that there's always something to learn you know there's you can never plateau um that's really just up to the person there's always something to learn from every aspect whether it's your instrument whether it's how the in your instrument is made the history of your instrument all of that goes to into you being um whatever the whatever your media medium is whether it's art whether it's music producing technology whatever i'm a very so you're I'm melding a, with your with your medium Yes, absolutely. I'm all about the history of the technology because I, I feel like that just gives you more uh, creativity for what you want to do. Once you know the, the past of where it comes from, you're like, oh, man, this is where it comes from. Let me take this and like innovate it even more, you know? And so that's basically what I'm doing with 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 hip hop and reggaeton and la música urbana um, and just trying to do something new, creative something new. I mean, we're, we're, we're sons and daughters of the ultimate creator, right? So why, why, why shouldn't we strive to be as creative as we can be? Let me ask, it sounds like that that's really helpful to, to understand kind of the approach and philosophy that was already brewing in light of the experiences you had. It sounds like it was a uh, Iglesia Latina. They, they habla español. Absolutely. Uh, Talk to us about your relationship with La Iglesia Latina, the Habla Español, as you've grown, as you've expanded in your ministry. What is your relationship to that church today? Well, we moved uh, when I was, I want to say around like 14, 15, as I was entering high school. We moved from West Palm Beach, which is South Florida, to North Florida, which we're in, I'm in Gainesville now. Um, and so over here, there aren't 
many uh, Spanish churches. Um, so we ended up going into a more uh, American church. But I still, you know, I, I love I love the like Iglesia Latina. Um, I always have love for them. I do feel like sometimes uh, they could be a little strict and we kind of get stuck in our old ways um, because, to be honest, no one likes change. No one. Um, and so there's always going to be that that tension there. But uh, there's nothing but love, you know, to the the Latin church, Spanish speaking church. Those those were my roots at. That's that's where I learned everything. Um, I am who I am because of La Iglesia Latina, uh, and it's nothing but love. It's uh, it's interesting. You mentioned the strictness. It reminds me of those old rajatabla ways, right? We used to call it that, the La Iglesia Rajatabla. Tell me more about. You said you said there it it made you who you are. Tell me, tell me more about how those, those early roots, esas raíces, continue to inform how you approach ministry today. Yeah, I think I lo- what I loved about the the Spanish church it was that like it was no whole barns. Like this is who we are. We're not going to back down. This is who we are. No matter what other people tell us, what we believe or whatever. This is. You know, this is, this is us. Um, and that went a long way for me just backing down, just especially me with like, I had a lot of, uh, identity insecurities with my identity because I was a Latino, but then I was like the whitest of my family, you know? And, you know, people would be like, Oh, it's el gringo de la familia. And no, my Spanish mm-hmm. wasn't that great. Or, and so I was, I was like, dang, like, I don't know. I, I, this is what I know. This is all I know. But like, I always felt like I'd never fed in. I always felt like I was like the black sheep of the family, the black sheep of the church, the, you know, um, and every, and, and every, in every situation, whether it was school or church or youth group, me sentía como like, I just never fit in. Um, and so I, I just went through this journey of like finding my identity. Right. But, once you find your identity in Jesus, that's when everything changes, right? That's that's when your walk is is you walk different, you act different, and to the point where it's like, hey, like I don't have to worry about this. I can act like I want to act. I can do what, whatever music I want because my identity is in Jesus. I have a Christ-centered heart. I know what God has called me to do, and I'm going to do it regardless of what you say or what you think or your insecurities or the insecurities you want to cast on me, like I'm not, I'm not going with that because I'm, I'm clear in my calling from, from God. And, um, I want, man, once I was like, God, I'm just going to follow you. My identity's in you. I'm not going to try to dress differently. I'm not going to try to talk differently. Si me sale una palabra español y se me sale a super American word que I can't pronounce, but it is what it is. You know? <laughs> Ask me. That's who I am. You know, see, si, like, like a hip hop track, it's going to happen because that's just who I am. I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, try hard to, you know, be Latino or be hip hop or whatever. Like, this is just who I am. Um, and if you don't like it, I still love you, but I can't not change. I can't change who I am and what God has called me to be, you know? Yeah. Go ahead, Elizabeth. And I'm sure you have something there. Well, that, that's, uh, that's exactly why you're, you're great at creating. 
um, until all of those places in you are free, yeah. you can't fully create, right? And, and and all of these mixes and so forth is what makes you the creator that you are. And, you know, for me, music is a, a form of creation. Yeah. And I'd like to hear more about when you create that music and it flows through the fullness of who you are, all of the different mixes and the places and the things that have influenced you and that have just, you know, made the different parts of you that you're now integrating because you have your identity in Christ. When your music comes forth, what's the message? And, you know, let me just say this. It's interesting that in biblical times, people understood that the frequency mm. of music, the frequencies were powerful, that you could do things through the frequencies. Yeah. There's a whole theory that, you know, people are, are finding out about that, et cetera, including like they're even thinking that the, the rocks of the pyramids, et cetera, they were able to lift them through particular frequencies. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So <clears throat> the frequencies of your music, along with the words, what is it that they give shape to mm. in the world and around us? What's yeah. your intent, right? Because you're a prophet through music. And so the intent mm. of the prophet, the intent of your spirit with that message and the frequency, which is your medium, right? What is the intent? And therefore, as you're creating, it's not just music por ser música, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more than that. What's right. taking place in the world? What's taking place in the listener? What's what's mm. what's going to happen? What's the outcome? What are we going to see looking different? Yeah. Well, first, I want to touch on what you said about frequencies. I love that you said that because it's true. I mean, frequencies can bring down buildings. You know, if you mm -hmm. if you play the right bass frequency that are low enough, they will bring down a, a building. That I was watching um, a documentary on uh during world war ii in germany with with hitler um they would play these low frequencies that no one could hear and it would make people feel sick and so when hitler would walk into the room they would turn off the frequency and they're like oh hitler's here we feel better yeah you know and so frequencies have power you know and and whether you use them for for the kingdom or you use them for 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 stuff for something bad manipulation um, yeah, they have power. So I, I love I love that you touch on that. And I think for me, I think for me, the biggest thing is is freedom. If 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 we're thinking about like a theme of what no apology stands for, the, the music that I make, the overall theme is is definitely freedom and saying like, hey, I'm just allowing God to flow, to do what he does, you know? Um, and I also love, I'm a big advocate for contrast. So what I mean by contrast is that most basic concept would be like sad lyrics over a happy beat or a happy, you know, track or happy lyrics over sad, dark music. Um, and there's so many ways that you can take that. Um, and so for me, I've always loved very gritty and sounds that people would say oh that sounds ugly or that sounds bad or that sounds like a mistake you're not supposed to do that that's against the rules um but when you think about it genres have been created by mistakes 
by breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, jazz was created by after the war when people, they just were picking up these instruments that were left after the war. And they're like, hey, you're not supposed to play those chords. Like, yeah, but it sounds good. And now jazz is taught as like, this is, you know, the highest musicality you know, that a, mu- a musician can be is a jazz yeah. musician, you know? And so I'm all about that, like the finding the perfections in the imperfections, right? Which really aren't imperfections because God doesn't create anything imperfect, right? And so I, for me, it's like, those are like the characteristics. And so I love finding, like I go as far as beauty marks, beauty marks, which are considered like beautiful are mistakes quote-unquote mistakes right but distortions this exactly and so i love um using all that especially distortion on bass and i love doing that and then putting uh, a message or vocal that's just glorifying god you know or that's just like a christ-centered message maybe it's not maybe because not every song is preaching the gospel but i try to every song that i make that like Hey, whoever's singing this is different. There's like, there's something going on there. There's, there's a Christ-centered heart, and and yes, maybe he this song doesn't have like the full-on gospel, but there's something there that make that I find peace in, and makes me want to like gravitate towards. And so for me, we're seed planters, and not even not even seed planters. I would go even before that. It's like we're preparing the dirt to plant the Mm -hmm. seed you know if there's anybody that knows about uh like farming in order for you to like farm you need to prepare the dirt if the soil isn't prepared that it's not gonna grow um and so i I used to get all the time and i used to get upset even even when we were making the sinvergüenza album i would i was getting a lot of pushback because i would send them songs and they're like ah pero man so no tiene mensaje está vacío and I would get so like just discouraged and I would look and I would, I would start doubting myself because I'd be like, man, am I, am I, am I, am I doing the right thing? Cause I feel like this music is going to resonate and it's going to prepare the dirt. It's going to prepare the hearts um, for the seeds to be planted. And at the end of the day, I just go back to God and, and, and I just meditate and I pray and I'm like, no, this is, this is what we need to do. And it always, and it always happens you know, I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting a, a verse from this guy. And then like two days later, like, oh, here's the verse. I finished the song. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think for, for us, it's, it's, you know, preparing the dirt for God to move, you know? That's really helpful. Um, whether, whether, whether we're just preparing the dirt for someone to plant the seed or God plant the seed or water the seed or harvest the seed, wherever that is for whoever that is in whatever season, um, that's what we're there for, you know? So that's why I, I I, don't necessarily get worried of like, oh, this, you know, this needs to, I need to say this in every song. It's like, no, like my team, we're all on the same page of, hey, we love Jesus. We want to make Jesus' name known and we have Christ-centered hearts. So that right there, knowing that's the base like that's you know love 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 god you know um what is it love love uh love jesus and everything will and everything will follow Mm -hmm. right that's that's our motto you know what i'm saying like we love god 
we make sure our, our hearts are our, our hearts are Christ centered. And from there, we just go. I, and I, I'm, I'm a believer of like not boxing ourselves in. Um, hmm. I think, you know, not not saying like, okay, well, if we're gonna be Christian artists, then we need to make sure we check off the list. You know, we gotta mention the cross. We gotta do this. We gotta, you know. Let me ask about salvation. that, Carter. I, I have a question about that, if I may, because you, yeah. you mentioned earlier, uh, and you said it in Spanish, which I think indicates something about who 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 was saying it. Right, but you, you mentioned earlier that you would send a song and the person might respond. This was for the Sinvergüenza yeah. project with Reach Records. The person might respond saying, "You know, eso está vacío, no tiene mensaje." I find my experience. Right, uh, I mentioned earlier to you off 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 air that I worked with Travijo. We worked with you know several others, Mani Montes, Redimidos, all those guys. Years ago, were familiar to me. I'm a stranger to them now, yeah. no doubt. But but back then was familiar, right. and I knew. From, from Travi's perspective, that was important. And it strikes me as perhaps a unique difference between música cristiana urbana en español that is perhaps maybe more explicitly or intentionally evangelistic. Maybe I'm wrong yeah. about that, but but it seems to me that that, that tends to be the, the edge of that. There's a kind of stricter, right. stricter understanding or conception of them, not as, not as irrigators preparing the soil, but as right. seed planters, right? So, right? so talk to me about, and after this question, we'll take a quick break, but talk to me a little bit about how you manage that cultural difference or that perception difference where the Spanish language reggaeton artist, rapper, they might, they might see themselves as seed planter, evangelist, yeah. but yeah. the English speaking world seeing themselves more so as irrigators, not so much right. needing to be intentionally evangelistic, but just preparing the soil. How did you manage that tension? How do you manage that tension? Uh, uh, so this is, this is where I love, like how I mentioned earlier, like going back to the history of the music, because if you go back, those guys, they, they didn't have it easy, you know? Um, and I'm super thankful for all of those guys, for the Travi Joes, the Mani Montes, the Vico C's, um, Funky. MC Charles, those, if we're going all the way down. Yeah. BK <laughs> um, Rap. You know what I'm saying? Like all... All those guys, they didn't have it easy. Um, and you got to remember, at that time, no one was doing Christian reggaeton. It was it fully, was sinful. It, it was it fully was... demonized, you right. know? And so for them, for these artists to be taken serious, they're like, man, I have to put an actual message. I have to put a sermon in my song. I have to sound orthodox. I have to sound, yeah, I have to sound like I'm preaching because that's the only way they're going to take me serious. And even, and it happened in, in American Christian hip hop too. You know, they they said, okay, we'll let you rap, but you'll, you got to give a, a, a sermon before you got to preach. You got to make sure that your theology is correct. You know, but, but then again, they, they didn't do that to, you know, the people who, que canta balada, que, you know, that lead worship. They don't it do was, that if somebody's giving a testimony. Exacto. And I think it's it's such a new, it was such a new art form, still a new art form. It's only 30 years old. Hip hop is only 50 years old. You know, it's still very, very new. And um, and so yeah, it was it was demonized. So like I totally get that and I respect, and I think that is needed. I think that music is needed. I think theology rap and the you know, people who talk about the Bible is needed because once once the 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 seed is planted after we're done like 
they're gonna want they're gonna want to grow. You know, they're gonna grow in their faith journey, and they're gonna want to go deeper. So we need los travijos. We need the 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 Dayans. We need the the flames, the KBs. And I I feel like it's it's all part. We're all part of the community. Like we need it's all part of the family. We need each other for to work together. I think the problem is is that a lot of people see it as like this is the way. Like you have to do it like this. And it's like, no, there's steps. There, there's there's space in the body of Christ for for everyone to serve. And we're all brothers and sisters in here. There's no there's no better or worse or you don't have a message or this is the way to do it. I think it's all working together. And so I think realizing that helped me a lot, you know, and saying like, you know, when they're like, hey, I don't feel like this has a message. And I'm like, I totally get it. Let's, uh, you know, if you don't want to do it, it's cool. Pray about it. Just give give it a day. Just for me, just give it a day. Pray about it. If you don't want to do it, tranquilo, we'll do something else um, that has more of a message. And I'm fine with that. You know, I, some of the, the biggest songs that I've done that have gotten placed on TV, you know, specials and, and, and commercials and ESPN are some of the most Christ explicit songs. We're talking about not today, Satan, not today, Satan getting placed in the middle of football games, uh, hold me back, which is super. He's literally saying Jesus, 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 Jesus in the middle of the song, getting, you know, getting picked up for uh, to be the theme song of the Cleveland Cavaliers and one of of their seasons. So, you know, that music is is good, too. I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for, you know, being explicitly Christian if that's who you are. Right. Like KB, that's who KB is. KB is will always in the middle if we're just you know doing whatever he's always going to bring up jesus he's always that's who he is that flows out of them i think the problem a lot of people have that i have is that you know they they put that facade on and they say okay i'm going to be a christian artist so i have to be christian i have to do this and i think that's what a lot of people have uh problems with not just us as creators but also the outside you know for going outside the church and reaching, I think that's a problem they have too, is that like, man, outside the church, you're, you're cool. But then all of a sudden we go in and you're super serious and everything is this. And I think, I think that's the biggest issue. Go ahead, Elizabeth. You, you can uh, respond. I saw that you uh, wanted to respond and then we'll take a break after that. Well, what I see too is, as you said, there's a, there's a continuum, right? Between, mm-hmm those who need to be explicitly have that message, but then there's a continuum from there on forward. Right. And if your music, if, if the forms and genres that you're bringing together are about using uh, what seems uh, conflictive or dissonant, right? Um, yeah. That doesn't seem to, you know, jive, it doesn't seem to come together, etc. Then what that allows for is new things. Yeah. to also come forth yeah. and to use a different language that perhaps the insider uh, doesn't always feel comfortable with, but those who are not necessarily from within very religious communities, but they're seeking, they can relate to. 
And that's what I think I hear you saying about preparing the ground, right? Absolutely. The that which is uh, strictly uh, churchy, to put it in you know in, in those uh, terms, yeah. it has a particular language to it, but it's an insider language. And right. for those who are seeking and and haven't appropriated that language and don't necessarily know what it means and feel comfortable, they need another way to connect to the divine, yeah. right? To connect to God. They need another way to do that. And I think that what I hear you saying is that your music leads people to that place. Absolutely. It's a different language that you're using to lead persons to that place. And so it, it leaves open yeah. uh, new themes for new peoples. Um, and it leaves open the inclusivity that which seems weird and strange, people who don't fit, et cetera, et cetera, they're still going to find resonance in the vibes that you're using. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of that continuum, you know, that there's space for variety, as we've said. Let's take a quick break. We'll uh, take a quick commercial break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more in detail about the ways in which Kardec has bridged the gap between the English-speaking uh, hip-hop world and la música cristiana urbana. Kardec just told us about the importance of knowing our history, understanding how hard those that came before us really had it. I don't know about you, but I found it really hard to find books that taught the history of La Iglesia Latina. That is, until I got a copy of Brown Church. If you haven't heard about the book Brown Church, you'll want to get your copy today. Robert Char Romero is the son of a Mexican father and a Chinese immigrant mother, and he explores the history and theology of the Brown Church. Romero considers how for 500 years, Latino culture and identity have been shaped and have shaped challenges to religious, socioeconomic, and the political status quo. And he takes readers through this history of activism and faith in La Iglesia Latina. Brown Church appeals to the vision for redemption, which includes not only heavenly promises, but also transformation of our lives and the world today. You can get your copy of Robert Char Romero's book at ibpress.com. And as a listener of the Mestizo podcast, you can get 30% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code Mestizo. That's 30% off and free shipping when you use the promo code Mestizo at ibpress.com. Don't wait. Get the deal today and get your copy of Brown Church. All right, now back to the interview with Cardic Drums. All right, we're back. We're talking with Cardic Drums about his experience doing ministry between both the English hip hop, Christian hip hop scene. We're talking about his music, his production for people, artists like KB, uh, Social Club, Reach Records, and the list goes on. But he has also had the, the fortune and, and has done something. I've prayed about this for years, but he's done something remarkable in which He's also brought into the fold and worked with people like Musico, Redimidos, Marimontes, Ander Boc, who's my favorite new artist coming out. Uh, he, he's worked with several of these Spanish, Spanish reggaeton and hip hop guys as well. Uh, Kardec, I wanted to know, as a listener, which came first for you? Was it English hip hop or Spanish reggaeton? To be honest, before all that, it was like R&B pop music because when I was little, my cousins, my other, my two older cousins, which were basically like my sisters, they were always at the house. They lived with us for a while. They were older, so they would watch me. They would babysit me. And so everything they were playing, it was like TLC. And in the 90s, whatever R&B thing that was, that was popular, uh, that's, that's, that was 
what we were listening to. So that that came into my life. Um, and I feel like that's where uh, my like for a lot of like melodic stuff comes from. But once I started getting older and started realizing like the, the music that I liked, first was rock, like hard rock, like POD. And I was always listening to like- Oh, Christian interesting. Rock. Yeah, I was just listening to Christian rock bands because my parents wouldn't let me listen to secular music. So it was all like, you know, whatever's on Christian radio, Christian rock bands. And then when I got into middle school, when my parents were like, okay, we're going to let you listen to what you want. You know, here's your CD player. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's taking your- the school bus in with the CD player. <laughs> yeah. And so there, that's when, I mean, hip hop and reggaeton pretty much came into my life at the same time. We're talking about 2004. So it's a big year. Was- it was a big year. That was like the boom of, of reggaeton in the States. Yeah. That was like Kanye West. That was uh, Kanye West College Dropout, Jay-Z Black Album, Daddy Yankee Barrio Fino, Signing Atlantic. That's all that music at the same time coming into my life. And I'm just like, I need to I need to do this. And that's and that's what inspired me to make beats. Mm-hmm. I was a, I was able to get a, 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 a copy of, of uh, music making software from this kid that was in high school and he was we would share the bus and he was like 20 bucks i'll give you this, this fl studios was it fl, FL? That's, that's exactly. <laughs> every every middle schooler and high schooler in that day that's early what it 2000s was. some pirated version yeah. of fl studios. that's exactly what he's like yo 20 bucks i was like all right bet it's my last 20 it's my 20 dollars from christmas that my grandma gave me here you go and um and that started everything um and it it just I was obsessed in a healthy way. I was obsessed with like, I want to make this music. I want to, what I'm hearing in my headphones, I want to make it sound like that. So whatever time that I need to spend, whatever that I need to do or sounds that I need, I'm going to find them. And I, and I was just, I became obsessed with like, I want to do this. I want to, I want to make this music. I want to make it good. I want to like reach that level, you know? I hear that. yeah, so yeah, hip hop and, and reggaeton came into my life at, at the same time, which is when I started making beats as well. Okay. You know, so you said you started making beats. I'm just going through your history a little bit here. Um, you were a drummer for a long time. You went on tour with several of these English hip hop artists, and then Social Club gave you the chance to, they, they used one of your beats for their single, New Year's. Um, yeah. You know, I know Fern, Fernie, Fern, I forget, Fern is his name. Fern, yeah. um, I know he's Boricua. But outside of him, they, they really operate mostly in an English market until more recently. So right. how did you connect? How did you move from making beats for the English market to making music for the Spanish world? What, what, what made that connection for you? So I actually started in the Spanish world. Um, in high school, I started reaching out with like local Christian artists. Um, and we just started working together here and there. Um, and it got to the point where I, I started getting some buzz. I started um, DJs and producers that wanted to, you know, sign me, you know, um, but there's no signing. They didn't have a label, but, you know, they wanted to work with me. Um, and it was around like my senior year around like I graduated in 2010. So in 2009, 2010, um, one of the DJs that I was working with pretty much stole all my work um all of my my tracks and gave and started just giving them to all these artists i wasn't getting paid and i wasn't getting credit and so that kind of just left like a just like a bad taste in my mouth and i was just like man i don't know if i want to do production anymore 
And so I graduated and then 2011, I moved to Atlanta and I go to music school to study drum performance. I was like, I'm just going to be a drummer. That's my first instrument. That's what I'm been good at. Let's just do that. Um, but I never left production. I never, I always had my laptop with me. I was always making beats on the weekends when I, you know, when I was all done with school, when I didn't have class, I was making beats. So I, I started just getting back. And one of my friends, uh, Matt, who goes by Suede, who was also doing production at that time in the Christian world, in the English Christian hip hop world. I moved, I graduated high music college, came back to Gainesville and we we're in the same city and we just started working. We started making beats and he was making, getting connects in the Christian hip hop world. And so all that came from him. So I was like, yo, I made this beat. What you think? He was like, yo, let's send this to social. And I'm like, oh yeah, they really, I like, I like their stuff. They're like, they're different. I, I like them. And so he was like, yo, let's send it to them. So we, they sent it, they loved it. And from there, it was just a snowball effect. You know, New Year's comes out, then um, their Misfits EP comes out. Then uh, some of George, which was like huge for me. Um, so I ended up producing like eight songs on that album or that mixtape. And then from there, it was just like, you know, all these other artists started hitting me up, Canon, Alex Faith, every, you know, everybody in, in the CHH world. And I just, yeah, I was just, I just started producing and working and, and it wasn't until like 20, late 2015, 2014, late 2014, early 2015 is when I started, like, I started getting the itch of like, I want to get back into the Spanish world and I want to create. I just didn't know how to do it. You know, I was like, man, I don't know how can I find an artist? And I was looking, I was always looking for an artist. Uh, and it wasn't until like 20 mid 2017, my boy, DJ Michael, um, who's also a big name, a big DJ in, in the CH world. I was like, yo, I'm trying to find a Spanish artist. That's like, and he was like, bro, check this dude out. He went by Brian at the time. And I was like, I didn't like the music, but I was like, there's something there. So I just followed him on Twitter and I just kind of like, I just left it there. And I was just checking up every so often, check up on him. So until like late 2017, I, I hit him up and he's like, Hey man, this is what I want to do. And he was making English music at, at the time. And I was like, yo, do you speak Spanish? Do you rap in Spanish? And he was like, bro, I started in Spanish, but I left. Nothing's happening in the Spanish world. I'm starting to get a little more buzz. And I was like, before you say no, let's just try. And he was like, yeah, but I already have numbers. I already have doing. I was like, okay, well, what are your numbers looking like? You know, well, at that time he had nothing. I was like, are you selling, are you selling out shows? Are you doing this? Are you? And he was like, no, you're right. And I was like, well, let's just try. Let's just try it. And so we tried it and we're like, yo, like, let's do this. I'm trying to start a label. And, um, for, all of 2018, we worked on music, and then 2019, we launched the label, and um, and it's just been a journey, man. Like God has just and he's changed his it. artist name, right? He's no longer Brian, right? He's no longer Brian. He's Tommy Royale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was saying we, we gotta let people know who we're really talking about here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. with the raspy, the raspy voice. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, well, that makes sense, brother. Um, I wanted to know what what challenges, other than the one that we've talked about already, of that you know, esto no tiene mensaje, that that challenge of about the message. 
you know, what are the challenges that you face when trying to bridge these worlds? I mean, you, you did something astounding. Uh, credit right. to you. I want, I want to give you a rose as well. I have you here in front of me. Credit to you for, for doing something astounding by uh, bringing people like Funky and Lecrae, you know, two of the biggest, most yeah. storied artists of their two worlds, bringing them together for, for Sinvergüenza. What, what challenges did you face when trying to, to be the bridge? I mean, people have tried before and it has not gone well. And so maybe yeah. first, let me ask it first. What made the difference so that you could be the bridge? And then second, what are those challenges that came up as you were trying to do that? I think the difference was I waited till I was like well established in the English world to where I had somewhat of like leverage. Um, <laughs> but in the way I approached what I, well, the first thing I did is I hit up all the new artists. I didn't go straight to the top with the, you know, with the ones that were already established. I hit up all the new guys that I thought like, Hey, these kids are dope. Like I love, like they have a lot of talent. And I was just like, I'm just going to go with a servant's heart. I'm just going to serve. I was like, yo, you don't have to pay me. I'm just, I just want to, I just want to build you up. I just want to work. I just want to create music. If there is something that comes in, we could just split it down the middle 50, 50, but you don't have to pay me anything up front and we'll just work. And I was just like, let me, let me serve. Let me show them what I'm about. Let me bring them opportunities. Let me try to establish uh, an economy to say, you know, to better say, let me establish an economy. Let me bring them some money. You know, like there was, uh, I was working with Stephen Malcolm and they wanted to do like a, a reggae trap thing. And I was like, oh, well, I found this dope reggae band. And they have this cool song. Let's sample it. Let's let's sample them. We'll give them a cut of the publishing. They'll clear the sample, you know. And so things like that. They were like, "Oh, like okay, this dude is is for us. He's Puerto Rican and he like is showing love." And we just built. Um, and then 2019 was we launched the label, but 2019 was also I feel like my coming out year because that's when, you know, Redemido, you know, started hitting me up, Funky. We put out No Fallara. We put out um, Felipe Ense Uno Seis with, uh, with Almighty and, and Redemidos. And that just. Yeah, both huge songs. Yeah, No Fallara yeah. remix and as well as the Felipe Ense Uno Seis. Those are both big songs. Yeah, it was just like, whoa, like, you know, just crazy. And so, yeah, it was. And that, that was all God. Like, I wasn't trying to. I was just like, hey, man, I just want to serve. It just worked out so well to when the conversation of doing a Spanish album came up. And the thing is people have wanted it to happen. You know, there's like, I, all the time it's like, yeah, I remember I did, I, for this album, I tried to contact Triple E and, and I think the thing was, there wasn't, there wasn't a connector, right? There wasn't someone in the middle that can speak both languages that know that knows both cultures, right? Because one thing is like, yo, I like your music, but one thing is like, I know your music. I know what this market wants and what this market needs, and I also know what this market wants and what this market needs. So I think that's what. Um, and then going back to like the identity thing, like I love reggaeton and hip hop equally. So like I submerged myself equally with both with both worlds. Um, and I just didn't think there was that that person existed 
um, in the industry for that to happen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the the only person maybe doing something like that that you've talked about uh, publicly is DJ Blast, right? He was ahead of the curve with Nueva Criatura, that album, where yeah. he was doing some trap type things and he was doing some reggaeton. I mean, he 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 really was probably that, to my knowledge, one of the only ones in the Spanish world doing that kind of thing. And so, yeah. um, to your point, yeah, it, it, I mean, it was the Lord. To your point, it was the Lord, right? You you were well yeah. equipped. You were culturally um, sufficient in terms of your your understandings of the complexities of the two worlds to, to bridge the gap. You know, I have a, a bit of a silly question in light of that, right? I, I've, I've always wanted to ask you this. You know, I think all the time about what it would be like to, to reimagine some of these old, old Christian reggaeton songs when the production wasn't quite right, you know, when, right. when, when things weren't, were, and just, you know, the, the, the industry was learning and growing. It is what it is. That, that's no yeah. shot at, at the old songs. But I've been curious if you could, right? If you could pick any song, any artist from, from, the, from the old days, I'm talking about GOS, MC Charles, BK Rap, early funky even, those old, old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a song that you would pick up and say, uh, let me make the Cardiac version. Man, so I so I love this because that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, not not necessarily making my own version, but taking these records and like sampling them and kind of like giving those songs their flowers. Yeah. Um, Gabriel so MC like, has a song like that with Ander Buck where a lot of the verses are are throwback lines that if you know, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I produced it. <laughs> yeah. And so um yeah, so like I love um, Mani Montes, Mano Hariva. Um, I just did something with that um, with another artist. We're working on it. Hopefully, we can put it out soon. Um, and you know what? Like um, a lot of times, maybe the that music wasn't the greatest production or the greatest mixing, but it's just it's just great the way it is. You know, like if you try to fix it or touch it up it's just not the same yep you know because i tried to do that i was like man what if we were to do a project where we remake the songs and like you know and i did it and i was like this is cool but it's not the same it's not the same feeling um so i think for me it's like i love showing showing uh just honoring the past and honoring those records and it's like okay this is what inspired me. Let me take this and innovate it. And uh, I'll show my my respect in that way. Yeah, it makes sense. You, you mentioned Manos Arribas, bro. And, you, and you, you brought back a memory of the times I got in trouble for independent and like let's say Puente Cotal for playing that song and I'd be like no but it's so Cristiano what's the problem and no that song <laughs> in particular was quite controversial that Manos yeah, Arribas man. song. Yeah. Uh, you, you've spoken quite openly about the ways in which the, the industry, if we can call it that, of the Christian hip-hop world, CHH, uh, has ignored, or, or perhaps maybe ignored is too strong a word, maybe just not shown the, the right respect or acknowledgement for the Spanish-speaking artist. And, you know, you, you've been open about that. You, you, you've mentioned online about how important it is for, the, uh, for there to be that recognition, and, and you've yeah. offered that pushback. You know, I've just been wondering, how have you seen things change in light of your push that the industry be more uh, uh, self-aware of the things that right. they're ignoring. Yeah, I think not looking back now, I, I think there wasn't, it wasn't that they weren't paying attention on purpose or that like, we don't like you. They just, 
There was no one saying, this is what I do. This is who I am. And I'm going to represent it to the fullest. And I think when we started, uh, when we started No Apologies, I was like, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to market our music to the Latin side. The Latin side is going to be there. It's always going to be there. They're going to listen to it. If they like it, they like it. What we're going to do is we're going to market to the CHH community because that's who we are. That's our DNA. Like we grew up on CHH. We grew up on Lecrae. We grew up on Mani and, and Funky as well, but we're products of CHH. We're currently, this is currently our home. This is where we live. Um, and I'm like, you're going to be a CHH rapper. You're going to be a Christian rapper. The only difference is you just rap in Spanish. And so when we took that approach, it was like we were welcomed like that. They're like, yeah, he's he's part of us. He just raps in Spanish. That's it. The only different and and that and that's how basically like I explained it. I was like, there's there's nothing different. Like there's not there's the writing process are, are the same. The way they they pick the beats are the same. The way like the way we work on a song is the same. It's literally just two languages. That's it. That's the only difference. And if that's really what's holding us apart like boom i'll translate like he means this oh okay cool boom you know and that's that's where simon winter comes in and that's where um you know the song with with uh with lecrae and, and funky comes in and um you know it was like lecrae was like well, what is he saying he's like oh he's saying this and then he's like oh yeah fire okay cool Yo, there's okay, some yo, Easter me, eggs in that song, by the way. There's some Easter eggs in that song, or or kind of nods to the past that I'm oh, pretty absolutely. sure no no one but 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 the Latinos caught, right? The, the, the there's oh. a nod to Vico C there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot there that that's a that's a throwback yeah. to an older day. And and like again, it's it's going back to like just showing honor to the past. That's that's very very big for us. Um, and I think I think that's why what made the song so popular. Why everyone like loves it because. It was like, oh snap! Like Vico C, like this is fire, um, and also because that song isn't part of uh, Vico C's Christian catalog. You know, right. it was it was when he was more in the mainstream. Which nothing bad. The, that song doesn't have any bad language or anything in it. No, and um, it was it was actually quite politically affirming, right? It was yeah. It was trying yeah. to recognize then, Puerto Rico. Exactly, and it was and it was a huge song. Um, so I, I think that was just, it just made it a no brainer of like, of course I'm going to play the song at the barbecue and, you know, and it's, and it just has so it's a melting pot. It has like, like, uh, um, uh, like a Cuban song, Montuno with yep. salsa, with New Orleans bounce, yep. um, with trap, with hip hop. Like, it's just this, this big old gumbo, this Sancocho, you know, like this. It's this, a mix, yeah. It's a mix, and it it just worked. Um, and it just it, at the end of the day, it makes you want to dance and have a good time, and um, and it just worked, man. And I I feel like God was just had his had his hand on it the whole time. Um, and what it did, like it getting placed on Netflix and movies and video games, and it's like, what is happening? You know, mm -hmm. um, it's only God. It's like. We had nothing to do. It's strictly God doing, yeah. making all those moves, you know? Well, brother, you, you've done some amazing work. You've expanded and made a connection where there wasn't one. You've brought fellowship between uh, 
artistas Latinos and our English speaking artists as well. And in that way you've expanded the kingdom and I've been I've been very grateful. I've been very grateful watching from a distance to see what you've been up to and seeing the ways in which you have honored the past. I love that. The Mestizo podcast, right, is about what does it mean, right? You hear it in the intro, right? right. What does it mean for the Mestizo church, the migrant church to have these generations coming up? One that is yeah. Spanish speaking, the other that's English speaking, and you've represented that change in a healthy way. And I'm really grateful to see what you've done. Elizabeth, do you have any final question, word of encouragement, una, una palabra? You know, I just want to encourage what you're doing, Kardec, because you're creating a culture. Mm. You're creating a culture. In a time when people are feeling threatened by the fact that there are these shifts in different groups and which are the supposedly dominant or minority groups. And, you know, you have these words that don't necessarily mm. uh, say who we really are as human beings to one another. But they're about power, power over, you know, like who's going to have power now and who's going to be in charge and who can manipulate and who can um, make the world move. You're creating a different message. You're creating a culture of how it is that through music and because of music, people are finding that they can be together, that yeah. they can be community in a whole different way, Right that it's just about, you know, words, but it's, it, you know, they're finding commonalities, etc. cetera. What, what message do you see coming out in, in terms of not just the music and how the music is being put together, but, you know, in the words, what's the message that will create a common good for all of us together? Where would you like to see this taking place? Because you're creating culture. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like, I just want I just want the body of Christ just to come together, you know, like one tribe, all tongues, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like I don't man, I don't care if you speak Creole or if if you, you know, if you speak Korean or Spanish or English, like we're all gonna get together, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone is invited to the cookout, right? Like this is what we're serving, right? Like this lo lo que andule. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> and pie, cornbread, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and it's like everyone can bring a plate, bring your, bring yeah. your mac and cheese, bring your ribs, bring your casserole, whatever. Um, but this is what this is what we're doing, you guys, everyone's invited, but this is what we're doing because at the menu, this is this doesn't change, but everyone's invited and everyone is welcome, and we love you no matter what. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is is unity, um, and unity and love that's all we want to do and from from a from uh god from a from a godly perspective and what that looks like and just saying like hey man like we're not that different you know and yeah. just being open starting that conversation you know you know you started talking about how for you the most important thing is freedom now you're talking about unity and love and i think what i see is that you're creating the freedom for us to move toward the unity and love, that there have been a lot of barriers to that happening, perceived or unperceived or, you know, whatever it is. And through music, you've tried to get people to go beyond those barriers. Also through the servanthood. You said yeah. that when, when you talked about how it was that you began to just serve. Yeah. And you served in order that you might know. You wanted to know people, their culture, 
where they were coming from, how the music was giving expression to that. And right. that knowing and that serving, that's the spirit that moves, that created the bridge of freedom so that people were free to then go across that bridge and begin to create the unity that and the love that you're talking about. And mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to continue to do that. It's not just the music, but it's, it's the medium of your the entirety of your person. So I really mm -hmm. want to thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That wow, that that's great. That uh, has, yeah, that uh, you just spoke life into me right now, like goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Como, yeah. como dice Redimidos, right? Unidad sin uniformidad, right? Uh, Unity without uh, uniformity. Yeah. Servanthood, love, and freedom are the themes. They're the the story of Cardic's ministry, and we're grateful. Check out No Apologies Music. Check out at Cardic Drums online on Instagram, on Twitter. Brother's always putting out new stuff. Make sure to check out his music. Check out Sin Vergüenza, the album that he helped to bridge the gap between, like I said, the Spanish world and the English-speaking world. Is there any new stuff you want the audience to know and keep an eye on, uh, Cardic? Yeah, new uh, music from Tommy Royale album is finally done um we're getting that ready so hopefully we'll drop that um beginning of 2022 so maybe like february we'll start rolling out singles hopefully have the album out by early march um and uh a lot of god just moving god is just moving and and the stuff that he's working behind the scenes and what he's doing is just crazy and um we're excited for uh for this next season well, and what he has in store for us. Yeah. Well, blessings to you, brother. It's been a great conversation. And like I said, pa'lante. Patra sin sin coger impulso, right? Como dice Manny. <laughs> amen. Amen y amen. <laughs> All right. Well, hermanos, como siempre, se acabó. We'll see you next time. Put your hands in the air for Cardic Drums. We're so grateful that we were able to have him with us. But I also want to tell you about another opportunity. This Thursday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, Robert Char Romero is going to be doing a webinar with Seminary Now, part of IBP. It is called Developing Christian Leaders. I told you about Robert Char Romero's book, Brown Church, earlier. It's an excellent history, 500-year history of La Iglesia Latina, its social activism, as well as its pursuit for transformation. You can check out more about the webinar following the link in our show notes, and you can get a copy of the book Brown Church by going to ivypress.com or following the link in our show notes. Remember to use the promo code MESTIZO for 30% off. Again, the promo code MESTIZO for 30% off and free U.S. shipping. All right, se acabó.